You gotta believe. Little quote from Parappa the Rapper. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that, uh, you know, I am a fan of, of video games. I am a fan of old video games. Parappa the Rapper is a great one. It's a cartoony one where you're basically, it's just like you have to rap to the rhythm. You have to hit your buttons to the rhythm of the rap. And it's cute and it's Japanese. And you won't lose anything except for the high price of, of purchasing it because it's a collectible. You won't lose anything playing it except for the cost. Hi, welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. We're not sponsored by Parappa the Rapper, but I, the Rappa, but I feel like I, I should shout it out. I am the titular host, Nick, and this is NFW, Nick Flanagan Weekly. What's up? I'm here. I uh, hope you don't mind. There's no pop screen, so if things pop, I apologize. Also, my new three-dog lifestyle means I have to... I've now moved into the dog area of the house because I don't want them barking or getting stressed out. They like having me around. I like having them around. So there's dogs everywhere right around me as I record the podcast. I'm taking care of three dogs, one of whom is Charlie, an old friend of mine, literally an old friend. He is 16, 17 years old in human years. What that is in dog years, I don't know. If you know the answer, email weeklypodcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. And then I can rest nicely knowing. Anyway, Charlie's on my lap because he's a needy pup, and uh, he was just several feet away barking at me for no reason, even though I just took him out to pee. And uh, my life is, that's him masticating. If you listen to the episode before, he was also on my lap masticating. So really, I'm just going to intru- uh, um, I'm just going to throw Charlie under the bus, very much not literally, and blame any strange noises during the podcast on Charlie, unless of course it's one of my classic impressions. That's all me, man. Do you have three dogs? What you doing? Why? How? Too many. Not too many, but I. You know, I knew comics would be like, I'm a dog walker. You see them out on the street walking 17 dogs, and they're like, hey! I don't understand how you could be a comic and also walk dogs. That's that's an all-timer thing. I slept for like an hour just a, a little bit earlier today after taking them out, and it wasn't even a huge takeout. And it was walking through a rich neighborhood. You ever walk through one of those rich neighborhoods? You look around, you got dogs, and you say, this is great. I'd be arrested for crapping on these people's lawns. But they can't arrest what is not human. That's a little trick in case you want to uh, get, get an enemy's lawn all soiled. Just get a dog or three and bring them over there. Oh, I wish I had a giant. The houses are so big. I mean, I figure there's some families there you know, occupying these giant homes. But I also like to picture there being a one person in one of those houses, you know, like an Owen Wilson type, except this area has very few exciting celebrities as far as I can know. It's all like engineers and such. Um, But yeah, I do hope, I, I do wonder if there's like two of you, what it's like living in a giant house. I suppose you're having many a dinner party. 
Do you have a live-in butler? If you're in one of those large homes, uh, you know, living alone, write the aforementioned email address, weeklypodcast, gmail.com. Boy, it's good that I'm recording this down here because I don't know. I'm starting, I'm still trying to figure out my whole uh, routine in this dog sit starting it. We started month two now at this place I'm at. And, uh, you know, I'm, I was very close to not being able to record an episode today. The truth of the matter is for my interviews, Andy Lloyd has been a loyal, wonderful producer, editing them, producing them, making them sound good. And he's indisposed at the moment. So it's up to me to edit interview episodes. So I've been trying slowly to uh, edit this interview I did with uh, an activist and musician guy, dude, podcaster, Lucas Costello, old pal. And uh, it's taken me a really long time. But But I've edited my own interviews before. And, you know, it's not fun to hear your voice. It's not fun to hear you interrupting people, talking over people. It's not fear. It turns out sound on Zoom is not ideal. Did not know that. Even though I've listened to podcasts and been like, oh, Zoom doesn't sound so good. I pretended that mine was different somehow. Anyway, so yeah, uh, <clears throat> I, I just have this dread now of, of, of getting to the podcast slightly because I know how hard it is for me to deal with like an hour plus of audio and try to do that. So I brought the computer down here. It's right in my face. It's right by the big TV where I, I, I watched Lost Highway over the last couple nights. And here I am recording an episode at 1130 at night. So who's the winner? Me, unless I get up at like one tomorrow, then I lose her. But we'll see. <laughs> TBD, TBA, TMI. Yeah, I watched Lost Highway by... Uh, Mr. David Lynch. I'd seen it before. I hadn't seen it for years. Um, I watched it probably shortly after it came out. And I remember being like, wow, that was a lot. But I remember thinking it was pretty awesome. And then I put it on again. And yeah, it was totally awesome. And I felt really lucky to have these animals uh, projecting light around me because it's such a scary and kind of gross movie and um really the first half was the one that just like really blew me away with with the atmosphere and the feel and it felt very mysterious and as someone said uh in a in a twitter conversation i had when i tweeted out that i like this movie that it, it feels haunted and then the second half it just really ramps up the like violence and the craziness and it's still really good but man i can totally understand why i didn't watch it for like 20 plus years but if you haven't seen it for that long you know watch lost highway it's not 100 percent a pleasant experience but it's pretty amazing and that's uh i remember when i was starting to watch it i was like oh yeah i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna watch all the david lynch i'm gonna watch mulholland drive and blue velvet and i don't know wild at heart and um I don't know if I'm going to now. <laughs> I felt like Lost Highway was so extreme that now I need like a large break. I might watch Mulholland Drive just because the first time I watched it, I don't think I quite, quote, got it, unquote. I don't know who I'm quoting there. But 
So I might, and I know that a Mulholland Drive isn't quite as brutal as the other films he's made, you know, where think about the fact this is a guy who's dedicated his life to transcendental meditation twice a day. And the images he conjures up are just the worst violations of women you could ever think of. It's very strange. It's not, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know from a woman, uh, women's perspective on his movies and, and the violence within and, and the roles women play in his movies because they're kind of these goddesses a lot of the time in a sense, but they're always sort of spoiled by gross people like Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet and Robert Loggia in Lost Highway. Also, just the fact that like Robert Blake plays the creepiest character ever in Lost Highway, compounded by Robert Blake's position as a murderer, as well as one of the little rascals. And Beretta, of course. Uh, but especially the murderer aspect, it, it does cast a sort of uh, unappealing pall over the film. Plus now, plus Mar spoiler alert, Marilyn Manson shows up. And we all know, if you're listening to this in the present, 2021, February 5th, let's say, I think that's when this is going to be out, uh, that Marilyn Manson has been Me Too'd and then Me Too'd and then Me too Definitely one of those situations in the Me Too movement where a lot of people are saying Me Too specifically about Marilyn Manson. So uh, I don't know, maybe David Lynch will take him out of the movie. I'm taking him out. But he's probably had worse people than even Marilyn Manson in, in his films. Robert Blake, for one. But yeah, uh, uh, Marilyn Manson. I mean, it's so crazy to think, you know, 20 whatever years ago, Marilyn Manson and Evan Rachel Wood by the mainstream was viewed as this danger couple. Ooh, Marilyn Manson is dating the uh, uh, Evan Rachel Wood. She's 19. He's 38. What a, what a, what a dark character he is. Like it was just viewed as part of the culture that specifically someone like Marilyn Manson had around him and none of the actual logical grossness was in there. Was, was particularly discussed. I mean, not that Marilyn Manson was like someone who in my circles was discussed as in a serious way. I mean, there were so many gnarly people in the late 90s, man. And they just existed. And we were like, yeah, they're disgusting. You know? Or in some cases, they're disgusting, but they're not actually disgusting. There are some people like that. I don't know. Don't ask me who I mean. Cool Keith? Uh, one of my favorite rappers, Cool Keith. Shout out to Cool Keith. Come on the podcast. I interviewed Cool Keith once and he said that I could hang out with him while he goes fruit shopping in uh, Brooklyn. I really should have taken him up on that. I had the guy's phone number. Maybe when all this blows over with the coughing and the illness, he'll still want to do it. But yeah, there's just so much ickiness within every David Lynch film that I realized maybe I'm not going to watch Blue Velvet anytime soon. Mm -mm. 
Howard Stern does a lot of transcendental meditation, and, and that resulted in Fart Man. You know, in uh, That's Just Wrong, the uh, father-daughter nude pageant. I mean, some of the grossest things have come out of one of the most profound experiences <laughs> that the Western world recommends. Is there anything worse than that transcendental meditation um, I don't do it feeling. Does that, do you know what I mean? Like, you'll just think to yourself, God, all these real uh, productive, high status people do transcendental meditation. I really should. It sounds like it'll clear my mind and get me creating my own fart man. It seems like that goes very much against the spiritual aspect of uh, meditation. It feels like maybe. Transcendental meditation at some point became about transcending the common person, which I'm not sure is a great spiritual goal. Can somebody page Jesus? Let me know. He's in aisle three. The uh, myrrh and frankincense section of the supermarket. Or in my case, Jupermarket. Charlie is using the cord of my earphones as a pillow and uh, the other one of the other dogs is just gnawing on a rubber ball like it's the skull of Yorick made famous in the Hamlet movies and plays but I watched an interview with David Lynch I love that guy's process I love the way he talks about his movies uh, he was saying that Lost Highway was, was very inspired by um he didn't realize it at the time, but he thought that maybe he was so obsessed with the OJ trial. So the idea of someone doing a horrific act and actually having to feel like the completely external of it was something he pictured, say, OJ Simpson doing. Uh, if Because he said he thought that OJ did it. So if you want to share your thoughts on the OJ case, write weekly podcast. At gmail.com, the W-E-A, podcast, at gmail.com. So now I put on this uh, movie I'd forgotten came out called Fahrenheit 11.7, I think, it's or 11.9. It's, it's the uh, Michael Moore movie he made after Trump won. It came out in 2018. I definitely... Whenever a Michael Moore movie comes out, starting, I think it was like Bowling for Columbine. There was a period of time before that where I was watching like every Michael Moore movie pretty much when it arrived um, on the old blockbuster shelf. And but starting with Bowling for Columbine, which has Marilyn Manson in it, there was uh, I definitely started spacing out. Boy for Columbine is interesting because the old drummer in one of my bands, Teen Card Combo, Bubby, uh, Ryan, who as far as I know hosts a podcast about the residents, amazing drummer, great guy. Um, check out his podcast. Hopefully he's doing it. I don't know. Ages ago he was like, I'm doing a podcast about the residents, that band, the secret band where nobody knew their identities. And I thought it sounded so cool. But I haven't heard what is going on with that podcast. But anyway... Ryan is in Bowling for Columbine because in Bowling for Columbine, Michael Moore goes on this whole thing where he's like, he's like, Canada is a real Canada. 
you know, what's, it's like a utopia. They got health care. And he goes around Toronto to, and he proves that people don't lock their doors in Toronto. And I think he asks Ryan uh, if he ever locks his doors. And Ryan says, nope. But Ryan is a jokester. And I think that Ryan was kind of messing with Michael Moore when he said that. Because, yeah, I just walked the dog a few blocks, left the other dogs in, or not even a few blocks, like, like you know, for like eight minutes. Walked out. The other dogs were in here. They got teeth. One of them is a decent size. They're barky. Yeah, I didn't lock the door. I have my pajamas on under my jacket. So I'm not going to lock the door. I'm, I'm really starting to get sick of extra steps. I don't want to have to take my keys out and open a door. I want to get to the door, take the dog things off the dog, open the door normal, get back to my rut. <laughs> get back to the delightful hell I've created for myself here in this dog said it's beautiful and uh we lock our doors otherwise though people lock their doors in in any big city maybe in Canada they don't lock their doors in say Newfoundland I don't even know if there's crime there but we lock our doors so uh, you know bowling for Columbine I think because I knew that it started a bit of a myth about Canada that like a simplification. Oh, their healthcare is so great. Yeah, unless your teeth are falling out or your eyes are ruined or you need therapy or drugs, then it's like gonna cost you. Oh, they locked they don't have to lock their doors. There's no crime. We had we've had horrible crimes. We've had mass shootings, bullying, theft, um, drug trafficking, trespassing, jaywalking, road rage, vandalism. And the list goes on. You could name almost any crime, any offense. We've got it. But Michael Moore is right a lot of the time. He was especially right about the uh, 2016 election, where he made a big article saying why he thought Hillary was not going to win it and Trump was a real threat. And every reason he gave was one of the reasons that this uh, gentleman wound up taking four years of attention. Taking everyone's attention for four years. I mean, God, at the peak of The Apprentice, we weren't thinking about Donald Trump this long, this much. And yet he did it this time. I mean, you know, living rent-free in somebody's head. It's the ultimate scam. But dog sitting, long-term dog sitting, I was thinking about this today, is a way to live rent-free in somebody's bed. Because they don't make you pay rent when you're doing this. 
They know how hard it is. I've gotten so much dirt on my jeans. You think that stuff comes off? Honestly, I don't know. Write me, weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Friends, I am so glad you listened to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I am so glad that you are alive and kicking and powering through this era, which is bewildering. You can do it. It's it's hard. It's going to suck. It has sucked, but there are still good moments. And I'm telling you, they kind of overshadow the bad ones, I think. So I'm going to watch the rest of this Michael Moore movie about Trump winning and the year. It just came out in 2018, so I guess it's the first two years. I don't know if we'll get to like Stormy Daniel. Yeah, like, could you explain? Could you can you remember the timeline of anything? 2016, Woman's March. I know that happened that year. 2018, the Democrats won the House or something. And then and I don't know anything else. I couldn't tell you when anything else happened. Scar- the Mooch, Scaramucci, what was that? 2017? Anyway, you know the email address if you have the answer, and I'd love your answer. And if you have anything else to say, please write there. If you want to help the podcast out, and you're listening to this uh, February 5th, February 5th is uh, Bandcamp Friday. It is a day that Bandcamp, the website, gives 100% of their revenue share to the uh, artist. So they normally take out a little bit, and they don't this day. So you can help... uh, out the podcast by going to nickflanagan.bandcamp.com. My first album, I'm Here All Week, is there with a brand new track exclusively on Bandcamp. And Wipe Privilege, my other album, is there as well. And also, you can go to wrongholemusic.bandcamp.com. That's my band, Wronghole with Andrew. That's just another fun thing. And lots of, other, lots of great bands are on um, Bandcamp, from Jennifer Castle to... Um, um, new chance who I've had in the podcast. Uh, I think maybe Birds of Paradise, my friends' band, uh, great band, are there. Um, really, it's just like get in there. There's Bandcamp Daily is a great way of finding out all the great stuff on Bandcamp. So, you know, if you're not listening to this on Bandcamp Friday, we'll head there anyway. But you can also go to ko-fi.com/slash Nick Flanagan, and in the future. We will be providing um, for certain amounts if you give um, lots of stuff. So you can go ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan or patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan to help. And, uh, you know, if there's anything you want me to talk about, anything, questions, you know, weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Charlie and I say goodnight. Say goodnight, Charlie.